I am so tired. And the fact that it's only Tuesday is like, meh. But nonetheless, that is okay because I'm not going to complain because I love my job. In the words of Emily from The Devil Wears Prada, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Speaking of The Devil Wears Prada and Miranda Priestly, I've been seeing... I mean, it is one of my stories, but, um, well, kind of. But I've been seeing a lot of Meryl Streep interviews on, on uh, Instagram because she's promoting Don't Look Up, the Netflix film. And she's just, like, such an icon, and I literally love her. And a lot of the videos are, are of her with Jennifer Lawrence, who is the lead of the film. And it's just this, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the clips I've watched, says, I remember telling Jen that she is the Meryl Streep of her generation, which is so true. And I love that Leonardo DiCaprio, who is, like, a self-proclaimed iconic actor... It's like passing to Batana. So it's, it's, it's interesting because the Don't Look Up cast is Meryl, Leo, Jen, Ariana Grande, Timothy Chalamet, Tyler Perry, um, Cate Blanchett, uh, uh, Kid Cudi, Jonah Hill. Anyways, but, okay, Timothy Chalamet, who's basically like Leonardo DiCaprio of this generation, and then Jennifer Lawrence is the Meryl Streep of this generation. It's crazy that they're all in one film together, so I love it, and I'm living for it. But anyways... I love The Devil Wears Prada so much, and I haven't watched it in some time, and I'm, I'm due for, uh, you know, a visit. But I do have to say, last night before I went to bed, I was in the mood to watch The Polar Express, because I've been seeing a lot of videos on TikTok of the making of the movie, and, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know, it's a little bit off, it's weird, it's, um, the reactions are just kind of freaky, especially the young boy who's the lead when he gets on the train. It's, like, very odd and kind of bizarre, but it's a really great film. Nonetheless, I started watching it last night, and I was like, this is really freaky, but... I really love it, and it puts me in the Christmas spirit, and I love the Josh Groban song that he sings at the... I love the song that Josh Groban sings at the end of the film. To the credits, it's iconic and great. But anyways, I hope you guys had a really great Monday start to your week. Um, it was pouring, trundle down pour, like a tropical storm here in Florida, which I really, really love. In fact, I was kind of hoping that, like, some of that rain would make its way to L.A., because I know L.A. is kind of a constant state of drought and always dry, and, you know, there's a lot of water here, and, it, you know, the, the last two weeks I've been in Florida have been beautiful sunny and dry, but, you know, rain. Rain is good, so it was nice to be... I love being on the East Coast, you know, because... Although I don't know if Florida technically counts as the East Coast. I'm not, like, a geographer of anything. Geographer? Is that the word? Genealogy? Geographer? I don't even know. But aside from that, um, I have six really good stories for you guys today. I know, a two a twofer. Two, for, two in a row with six, uh, with six stories each. How great. There's just a lot to talk about before the holiday season, and I know I said I'm going to take the entire week of Christmas off. I think the 17th is going to be my last show of the week. Um, but, you know, if there's a, a groundbreaking piece of news that is released the week of Christmas, I'm going to hop on here and talk about it. But aside from that, um, let's, let's get into everything we want to talk about because there's a lot of juicy, juicy stories. So the first story, actually our first two stories have to do with the end just like that show coming back to HBO Max, which is obviously the continuation of Sex and the City starring SJB, uh, Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon, along with newbies. But, um, Mr. Big himself, Chris Noth, is, is chitting, chatting. So this first article is from E! News. Chris Noth defends Sarah Jessica Parker against Kim Cattrall comments. Now, I love a co-star and a colleague who stands up for his partner. So, okay. Carrie Bradshaw's knight in shining armor is coming to her defense. Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker may be best friends on screen in Sex and the City, but off screen, they're anything but. Back in 2017, this is before I have my podcast, but I'm sure you know the story. Um, Cattrall openly expressed her disdain for Parker, and now, four years later, in an interview with The Guardian, Chris Noth shared his take on Cattrall's description of their shared co-star. As a refresher, in an interview with Pierce Morgan on Life Stories, Cattrall, who 
will not be joining her Sex and the City peers for the HBO Max reboot and just like that, called her relationship with Parker and the rest of the iconic Manhattan friend group, Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon, quote, toxic, and said that she has never been friends with them. Months later, in 2018, when Control's brother, con- excuse me, when Control's brother tragically passed, Parker commented on Control's Instagram post offering her condolences. Control seeming, Control, why am I saying Control? Even though it's like, basically, Kim, Control, Control, okay. Control seemingly did not appreciate that social media support as she took to Instagram to share a post directed at Parker writing, quote, I don't need your love and support at this tragic time on Sarah Jessica Parker. You are not my family, Control continued in the post. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. I will never forget when I read that and I saw that. I was like, wow, that is, that is like, those are, she was having some words. She was in a mood. Um... Anyways, but Noth, who says he is, quote, protective of Parker, says that Cattrall's description of Parker doesn't, quote, even come close to the kind of person she is. Um, quote, I have to tell you, I have absolutely no idea what her thinking is or her emotions explained in the interview. I do know that I'm very close with SJ and Cattrall's descriptions of her don't even come close. I liked her. I thought she was marvelous in the show and some people move on from their own re- for their own reasons. I don't know what hers were. I just wish the whole thing had never happened because it was sad and uncomfortable. He continued... I just, quote, I don't, I just don't like anyone talking down about SJ because she's a target and people can be nasty. I feel very protective of her and I was not happy about that. That's all I say about that. Well, I do have to say, um, we all love a supportive co-star and I love that Crystal said he recognizes that SJP has been a target for the media because, you know, A-listers, they are targets. <laughs> Every A-lister we love has become a target of the media and whatnot. And I just remember when I read Kim Cattrall saying this and when I saw the footage, I was like, that is so, that's a low blow. You know, that, that type of information you got to keep private because I think everybody is in love with the fantasy that these four girls, Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda, were all besties in real life. And the fact that Kim Cattrall completely shredded that notion, it's just like really sad. But also, I mean, people have, people speculate one of the reasons they didn't give along, get along during the series, and there are always, always rumors, but then SJP went on to Howard Stern, and Howard Stern actor point, asked her point blank, this is before Kim Cattrall even mentioned this, uh, back in 2017, 2018, he said, how do you feel about these long, this narrative that you and Kim Cattrall don't get along? And she basically said, I, it really upsets me because it's not true, and I take my reputation very seriously about treating people well, which I did believe at the time, but then this basically... Makes one wonder if SJ wasn't telling the truth, which I, I can't. I don't. I don't pick Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't pick, imagine Sarah Jessica Parker to be a fibber, a liar. I just don't. But I don't think Kim Cattrall is either. But I do think that with every instance that or every relationship that there is that exists, everybody perceives things differently. So Sarah Jessica Parker might have been thinking she was being funny or whatever, and maybe something that she said or did rubbed off. Um, the wrong way in Game Patrol. But anyways, why people speculate they don't get along is because of the pay dispute. Now, I mean, I have read stuff online. Who knows it's true? But obviously, Sarah Jessica Parker was a producer than an executive producer of Sex and the City in the film, and the girls were not. But of course, of and just like that, both Cynthia and Kristen are executive producers as well, which I think is only fair. It makes total sense. Which I do wonder if Kim Cattrall's like, that's such a low blow that they did this to me that now they made them EPs, now that I'm not on the show. But that's neither here nor there. What's here and there is the fact that SJ, obviously, because she was a producer on the original series, means she got paid a significantly more, significantly higher salary than the girls did. What's interesting is that Kristen and Cynthia, at least publicly, haven't acknowledged it, nor do they have a problem with it, but Kim did, and totally understandable. Um, but I guess uh, in the height of Sex and the City, in the end of the show, the girls were making an alleged $350,000 per episode, which I know is crazy. It's a crazy amount of money, but when they were, given the fact that they were on HBO during the time of The Sopranos, and The Sopranos cast were making double that, 
allegedly. You know, it was kind of like, what the hell? SJ, as an, execu- as an executive producer, I read her, her, at like the peak of Sex and the City was making about $3 million an episode, which is crazy. But as we all know famously, the Friends cast negotiated to have equal salaries for the last couple of seasons. And um, basically, David Schwimmer, who played Ross, obviously, brought that up to the cast, saying the only way that we're not going to resent each other is if we all have equal salaries. And that's very public knowledge that he said that. And I think that that is so genius and that is so great. But, I mean, <laughs> obviously there was a different time back then. And I guess Carrie, arguably, is the lead of the show because we saw everything through her eyes and she was a narrator. Um, but if that was a reason that's, that Kim maybe was resentful, it's totally understandable because obviously money is a very sensitive subject. But, of course, I don't think going on Pierce Morgan was the right way to address you know, any disdain she had for her colleague. But I also think, you know, maybe she didn't feel comfortable approaching her. But she also said talking to Pierce Morgan, wow, I didn't realize I'd be this passionate about the story. This is, like, you know, crazy. But I literally love Sex and the City so much. I love all four girls equally. But Samantha's a fan favorite. So I guess, you know, a lot of people are really bummed about that. But that's why Sex and Just Like That is adding all these new characters in. And, of course, fixing the diversity, the lack of diversity that was in the first run, you know, and amending that, which is great. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I just think Kim and Sarah, I mean, a lot of people, I think, are hoping or praying that Kim Patrol makes a special cameo, but I guess from, from what I've read so far, she doesn't. So it's a huge bummer. But this brings us to our second story. Actually, speaking of Chris Noth, he's chatting, chatting. As I said, page six says, Chris Noth had no idea late Sex and the City co-star Willie Garson had cancer, as we all know. Tragically, Willie Garson, who played Stanford Blatch, Carrie's bestie, passed away, which is really, really, really sad news. Um, but Chris Noth says that his late co-star, Willie Garson, hid his cancer battle from his co-stars, maybe a little too well. Quote, no, most of us didn't know, the 67-year-old actor told The Guardian on Monday. The last time I saw him, I was on set, and I kicked myself because I didn't really get a chance to talk to him, the actor best known for bringing Mr. Big to life on Sex and the City Shared. Quote, he was extraordinarily funny... Excuse me. He was extraordinarily fun and funny, and there's nothing to say, but that is heartbreaking. Garson, who, uh, who died at 57 in September after losing his battle with pancreatic cancer, had been filming the latest Sex in the City spinoff and Just Like That with Noth and co-stars SJP, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis. Quote, it's sad for everyone and for the show because I think he was going to have a really huge storyline, Noth also revealed, but he'll be in it to the extent that he filmed. Um, one person who did know about Garson's diagnosis was Parker, 56, who called the loss of her longtime friend and co-star unbearable. And then um, SJP obviously posted that beautiful tribute to him on Instagram um, a few days after he passed because I think she was just taking time to, you know, collect her thoughts, and as she should. But of course, it is very, very sad, but um, uh, they're all doing press for the show, so uh, all this information is coming out. I do wonder uh, if SJP is going to watch what happens live, though, with a good friend, Andy. And I do wonder if she's going to do it alone because in the past she's done it by herself, which is great because she's such an A-list star. She should have the chair by herself, or she's going to be joined by Davis and Nixon, which would be iconic, too. Um, but anyways, yeah, um, I love Chris Noth, and he's so good as Mr. Big, and I'm really happy he's in the series. I'm really excited to learn his storyline. But I do wonder what, what his storyline's going to be, because we've all seen the paparazzi shots of Carrie um, dating and kissing another man. So it's, it's making us all, you know, I don't know, woo, what's going on? But anyways, and just like that, streams premieres on Friday, December 10th, which is so exciting, and I'm literally quaking. Um, so yeah, it's so exciting. Okay, this brings us to our third story of the day. The next two stories are... Kardashian-based, so just bear with me, but they're good ones because you know how I feel about my family. By the by, I was um, watching a YouTube video because I was going down the Lindsay, Loh- L- Lindsay Lohan rabbit hole and I was obviously going down the Paris Hilton rabbit hole and everything that went down with you. When, you know, when these girls were sort of in the, thrust into the spotlight during the gold, which would to, which many, many who, what? This era called the golden era of pop culture, which is like many, many people refer to that era as that with Paris, Lindsay, and all those girls. 
Um, but I was, you know, Lindsay was out partying with Paris and Kim Kardashian was there. This was before Keeping Up premiered. And it's like so great to see all of our favorite girlies, you know, out and about in the public eye, just doing their thing. But it made me really, really miss that era. I was a senior, I was a junior and senior in high school when I like first learned who Kim was and, you know, Paris and all these girls. So anyway, uh, Scott Disick. Uh, despite everything that went down with Amelia Hamlin, despite the UNS DMs, is coming through, you know, because family is forever. So page six is saying, um, Scott Disick sends Khloe Kardashian flowers amid Tristan Thompson paternity drama. Okay, obviously yesterday I spoke at length about everything going down with Khloe and Tristan. Well, sort of not at length, but like basically the news that dropped and, you know, Tristan having a third child with another woman while he was allegedly with Khloe at the time when he was in Texas. Just very messy. Uh, but anyways, this was lordly of him. Khloe Kardashian received a stunning bouquet of flowers from Scott Disick this weekend amid allegations her ex, Tristan Thompson, recently welcomed a third child. Quote, I love you. Let the Lord be with you. And thank you. The uh, Good American founder captioned an Instagram photo of a pretty array of pastel roses on Sunday. Disick 38 has been close friends with Kardashian 37 for more than a decade, having dated her big sis Courtney on and off for years. This week delivery came amid the news that personal trainer Marilyn Nichols, who was suing Thompson 30 for child support, gave birth to a baby boy. Quote, things feel very hard right now, but I think, but I know eventually this will all be over and my baby boy and I can live a happy life. She captioned um, a since-deleted Instagram photo announcing the birth. This was the woman he had a baby with. Um, quote, I made a mistake, but I'm human. I won't be posting any personal photos for a while as I don't want to hurt my family. Thanks in advance for understanding. Thompson, who shares daughter True 3 with Kardashian and son Prince 4 with ex Jordan Craig, allegedly conceived the baby with Nichols on his 30th birthday in March. She was still dating Kardashian at the time, which was talked about yesterday. Court documents obtained by page six reveal that Nichols is claiming Thompson wanted her to get in. I don't even want to say the word, but not have the baby anymore. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, I, I think this is very kind of Scott. Obviously, he's in the loop of the girls, and regardless of what went down with him in the past, he's family, and he's the father of uh, th- three kids that he shares with Courtney. And um, actions speak louder than words. You know, you may say something by accident, you may accidentally slip up in the height of emotion, but he's pulling through, and I really like Scott. I've always really liked Scott. I think he's so funny. The only time I didn't like Scott was in Courtney and Kim Take New York that season where he had an assistant and he, tre- he really berated that assistant and treated him well. But then at the end of the episode, the assistant, like, you know, grows a pair and, like, quits on Scott. And that was a really like. But, you know, gosh, that was, like, the golden era, era TV. That was also the season where Chris Humphries was living with Kim in New York. This was after they got married and they were all living in that apartment together, which is, like, after, in retrospect, having watched that, their marriage was doomed. Like, you can't live in an apartment with people after you get married. You need your own alone time, you know? But anyways... Um, I love Scotty D. He seems like a precious gem of a man. But speaking of Kardashian, Disick, and everything, um, this next article is from People. Khloe Kardashian, quote, upset over Tristan Thompson's cheating third child. They were still together. Of course she's upset, but this is what People is saying. A source tells People that Khloe Kardashian, quote, knows about the baby that Tristan Thompson has allegedly fathered with Texas personal trainer Marilee Nichols. According to court documents obtained by People, Nichols is suing Thompson for child support and other pregnancy-related fees after she said they conceived a child together in March. The Sacramento Kings player confessed to having sex with the personal trainer on at least one occasion per um, the documents, quote, Chloe was upset to find out that he cheated again, says the source. She just can't believe that he is going to be a dad again. I mean, of course, by the way, I cannot wait for Juicy Scoop tomorrow to hear what Heather McDonald's take on this all is going to be. Oh, it's going to be so good. Quote, Chloe was upset to find out. Chloe was upset 
to find out that he cheated again, says the source. She just can't believe that he is going to be a dad again. The insider confirms that Kardashian 37 and Thompson 30 were together in March when Nichols claims she was involved with the NBA star. It's just a sad situation to her. They add Thompson is already dad to daughter True 3, whom he shares with Chloe, plus son Prince 4, whom he shares with ex-girlfriend Jordan Craig. I just wrote that in the last article. A source tells people that Kardashian had friends encouraging her, quote, over and over again not to take Thompson back, but ultimately remained by Thompson's side, quote, because she always believed that he would change. That's the thing. It's not just Chloe. It's everybody believes that. Everybody finds... It's like the age-old age old story. You, know, you find someone who's problematic and you're the one who thinks they're going to make them change, but you can't teach a, a dog new tricks. And that's happened a few times in you know, my personal dating life. Like You date someone, they tell you... If people tell you who they are, literally believe them. Or if they, people show you who they are, you got to believe them. And that's happened twice with me. Um, I mean, I do believe people are capable of change, but like it's rooted... Whatever flaw, said flaw, is in that person, it's rooted in them. It's still there. It, just because they themselves decide to change their course of action in terms of how they act on a day-to-day basis doesn't mean what they did or what could be done is still it lives inside of you that was like really profound um uh and wanted to keep the family intact for true quote she is just a really great person and wants to see the positive in people they say the insider added that the couple was quote doing great while quarantined together during the COVID 19 lockdown but that kardashian knew things would change as soon as he returned to the nba yeah, what is with this like nba like is it, is it causing tristan to cheat like what um she was just so hopeful that he would stay faithful and loyal to her, says the source. Chloe's family always try to support her, they add. They always treated Tristan well, even after he, uh, even after he broke Chloe's heart multiple times. Um, Thompson and Kardashian, I really hope that they're filming this for Hulu. I know that's like morbid to say, but that's like what we're paying for. That's why Hulu is paying, that's why Disney is paying them so much money to like literally show what the heck is going on. Thompson and Kardashian have been on and off again for several years, most recently split in June. At one point, the former couple was exploring the idea of having another child together, but their plans for a surrogate fell through last summer. A source previously told people that the exes are continuing to, quote, keep things friendly for true's sake. I don't even know how she does that. I really think that she shouldn't. She doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve it. She doesn't have to. Um, it's just, just like, this is so sad. And I mean, I, I, true, I truly, truly, truly do believe that Chloe is probably does see the best in people because I know people, many people do that. I do too. Like, you just want to believe the best in people. But this is, I mean, this is the third time. This is like unacceptable. And if I think many people believe this, that if, if she were to take him back, it is her decision, of course, and it's her family. But I think people would just be like, it, it's just sad. And it doesn't matter if you share a beautiful child together. It's, it's a, you don't need him. Like, you can clearly support her financially, emotionally. You, there, I'm sure, and uh, like a, abundance of incredible men that are out there that would be perfect for her but i don't know i I mean it's the the only thing this is is sad. basically it's sad, and um it's not my decision or anyone else's decision what chloe literally decides to do with regards to her current uh, relationship with the father of her baby but you know it is what it is Okay, fifth story of the day. I talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode, but this is like the actual article. E! News. Pregnant Jennifer Lawrence makes major red carpet return in Golden Look. Yeah, so the Don't Look Up premiere was yesterday, and Jennifer Lawrence literally, I can't even, she's a, she literally is glowing. You can look up for this. Jennifer Lawrence is back on the red carpet. After taking some time away from the Hollywood scene, the Oscar winner made a major return to the spotlight for the premiere of her new movie, Don't Look Up. The actress, who was expecting her first child with husband Cook Maroney, turned heads in a golden Christian Dior gown, of course, um, at the star-studded New York City event on Sunday, December 5th, where she posed for photos with co-stars Leo DiCaprio, Meryl, and Jonah Hill. Meryl Sheep. I don't have to say Meryl Sheep because you guys know there's only one Meryl who's an icon. Um, Though Lawrence 31 has made 
a few rare public appearances in recent years. Sunday's event marked her first premiere since Dark Phoenix in June 2019. <coughs> wow, I love Dark Phoenix, by the way. I know I got, I know I got like, panned by the critics, but I was such a big fan of it because, um, I mean, it was fabulous. Uh, Jessica Chastain was in it. She played the, like, alien. Plus, you know me, I love all those MCU movies. As for her decision to take a break from the public eye, Lawrence recently told Vanity Fair, quote, I think that I was people-pleasing for the majority of my life. Working made me feel like nobody could be mad at me. Okay, I said, yes, we're doing it. Nobody's mad, but then I felt like I reached a point where people were not pleased um, just by my existence. During her time away from Hollywood, Lawrence married an art gallerist to Moroni. Now the couple is about to start a new chapter together as parents, but don't expect Lawrence to spill too many details on her pregnancy. Um... If I was at a dinner party and somebody was like, oh my God, you're expecting a baby, I wouldn't be like, God, I can't talk about that. Get away from me, you psycho. Lawrence explained to Vanity Fair, but every instinct in my body wants to protect their privacy for the rest of their lives as much as I can. She told the magazine, notice how she uses there for pronouns. She is not revealing anything. I love how tight-lipped Jennifer Lawrence is. Good for her. I don't want anyone to feel welcome into their existence, and I feel like that just starts with not including them in this part of my work. I totally get it, and I totally respect it, and as she should. She's a literal queen, but she looked ravishing, you guys. Meryl looked gorgeous. Leo looked gorgeous. Jonah looked gorgeous. Everybody looked gorgeous, gorgeous. Ariana wasn't there, even though Ariana's this movie, but she did post a story about it yesterday night that I saw on Instagram because she said she wasn't able to make it because she's working on the West Coast, obviously working on The Voice in the summer. She's going to shoot Wicked! Boom. By the way, really exciting. But anyways, congratulations. <laughs> Jennifer, we literally love seeing you back out and about, and congratulations on your pregnancy, girl. You're radiating. You're gorge. And this brings us to our... Sixth and final story of the day. I, I talked a little bit about this in yesterday's episode, but I, by the time I talked about it, I forgot to put it in as a story. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to include it on Tuesday's episode because it was such a great story. And it's like a full circle moment. And why I was sort of reflecting upon the golden era of uh, pop culture with Lindsay Paris and all the girls back in the day. But anyways, Paris Hilton congratulated Lindsay Lohan on her engagement despite, quote, past differences. Now, this is the monumental moment because we all know Paris and Lindsay have had their differences. Paris was on Watch It Happens Live a couple years ago, and Andy asked her to say three nice things about Lindsay Lohan. She wasn't able to. But, you know, Paris is a married woman. Paris is spoken for now. So I guess Paris, love really does change people, which is an incredible thing. Okay, this is from Elle. On Friday, Paris Hilton used her podcast, This Is Paris, to congratulate Lindsay Lohan on her recent engagement to Bader Shamas. Shamas works as the assistant vice president to Credit Suisse in Dubai, and he and Lohan have been seeing each other for about two years. Hilton has recently married herself, but Lohan wasn't at the wedding. The formerly close friends had a tumultuous friendship, a relationship, but Hilton assured listeners she is very happy for Lohan. That warms my heart. Quote, I also just saw that Lindsay got engaged, Hilton said on the episode, and I know we've had our differences in the past, but I just wanted to say congratulations to her and that I am genuinely very happy for her. By the way, I listened to Paris Hilton say that I didn't listen to the whole podcast, but she posted that specific clip on her Instagram and it really, it really was genuine. And I actually really believe Paris is happy for her. And that really, really makes me happy. Um, she went on bringing up Britney Spears, alluding to her recent release from her conservatorship and called the three of them, quote, the Holy Trinity, which they are because of that iconic photo of the three of them in Paris's car from back in the day. Hilton Spears and Lohan were big partiers and the popular celebrity gossip targets in the early 2000s. Quote, it just makes me so happy to see, you know, 15 years later, just so much has happened in the past two weeks, said Hilton. I got married, Britney got her freedom back and then engaged, and Lindsay just got engaged, she continued. So I love just seeing how different our lives are now and just how much we've all grown up and just having love in our lives. The feud itself is a bit complicated, but it supposedly began in 2006 when Lohan was romantically linked to Greek shipping heir Stavros Niakros, Hilton's ex. Soon after, Hilton was recorded laughing at her friend... Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, I watched this video very recently, rec recently too. Uh, at her friend Brandon Davis, who's an oil heir, mocking Lindsay Lohan's fiancés and who infamously called her a, quote, fire crotch to reporters. By the way, when I watched the video, 
it was the, they were walking on sunset um, by La Sienica, oh, by Laurel, and that particular area where they were walking, I've been there many a time because there's a gas station right there, there's a Chevron that's right by the Director's Guild uh, where I used to go to movies and stuff. And it's just so crazy that like watching, live, having lived in LA for the past eight years and like watching all these pop culture, iconic pop culture moments from before I moved to LA and sometimes when I drive by these places, when I'm going somewhere, I'm like, oh my God, that's where that happens or that's where I saw that paparazzi video or that's where that famous person was walking in this video. It's really, really cool. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love living in LA so much because I'm a, that's literally why I am the mistress of pop culture because I am a pop culture fanatic, which is why I decided to start this podcast. But anyways, um, yeah, it was really great to hear Paris say that. I was actually relatively surprised because I didn't think Lindsay Lowe, I didn't think Paris was going to say anything mean about it, but it's just like, it's always good to be the bigger person. And I do believe Paris Hilton has changed a lot. I, th- I believe all three of these girls have changed uh, because life happens and so much changes. And, uh, you know, I, I would love one day for all these girls to like recreate that photo. There would be like a fantasy of it. That would be iconic. Um, and I think people literally lose their shit. It would, like, break the internet. Just, like, that TikTok video of Corbin Bloom when he came from High School Musical did that recreating thing of, like, the da-da-da-da, you know, that TikTok trend where you, like, t- post a current photo and it goes back to your original photo? It was so iconic, so, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is our Tuesday episode. I felt like those are some really good stories, a diverse array of uh, topics, which I love talking about, but some good stuff, so it's very good. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture. You can stream my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castbox Radio, iTunes, Podcast App, and the iPhone, basically anywhere a podcast stream. Have a fabulous Tuesday. I'll be back tomorrow for Wednesday, hump day. Now I'm going to go watch Twilight and go about my day and have a great, 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 great one, everybody. Ta-ta!